This morning, I join with all of you to praise God for his faithfulness and in sustaining the vital and needed ministry of the Christian Counseling Center for over 30 years. And additionally, on behalf of the pastors and the staff and all of the incredible body of Christ and those outside of this church that have been touched, I congratulate Pastor Frederick and Sister Helen Arnett for excellence in ministry over 30 years. They should know, and we all should know, that the ministry of the Christian Counseling Center has literally saved lives, saved homes, strengthened marriages, kept persons in school, changed persons' negative self-talk, reversed eating disorders, lift post-traumatic stress issues, given hope to the bereaved, set finances straight, settled victims of abuse and crime, comforted AIDS-infected and affected persons, prevented divorces, encouraged the anxious and the depressed, delivered the addicted stopped abortions, averted averted suicides. I could go on and on and on. And when I pause to think this morning of all the hurts that all of us experience, the hurts that particularly stick with us and that can cripple us with respect to healthy, balanced living, Ultimately, we all must agree with Proverbs 23, verse 7 in the King James Version, which says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As you think within yourself, so you are this morning. I want you to know that. I want you to think about that. It's key. Often this is either not known by persons, or if it is, it is not understood. And this fact that as a person thinks, so a person is, has many spin-off ramifications, many results that we dare not miss. Because a person is as that person thinks, it's not so much what happens to you as what you think about what happened to you. Lies or truth in your thought life determine whether or not you will react or you will respond. Truth or lies in your head will either make you run to God or away from God. Truthful thoughts ought to be more prized than money or pleasure or power. Nobody talks to you more than you talk to yourself. Nobody talks to you more than you talk to yourself. And to change a way of thinking changes a way of living. It's always true. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. In other words, beloved ones, Thoughts profoundly shape us. Thoughts, therefore, are not inconsequential. In fact, as a person thinks, so that person is. You know what that means? It means that mental, not dental, mental hygiene is more important than body hygiene. Mental hygiene is more important 
than body hygiene. For 30 years now, Good Years, our Christian counseling center, has taken hurting persons to the Bible to show them these realities. For 30 pivotal years, our Christian counseling center has provided mental floss, not dental floss, mental floss to provide for their clients mental hygiene. How's your thought life? How is your thought life? Is your thought life mostly scripture-shaped or mostly dominated by lies? How's your thought life? Is your thought life more like Philippians 4.8? Or is your thought life more like Jesus' words in John 8, verse 44? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, watch it, let your mind dwell on these things. Or is your mind typically more like Jesus' warning that it ought not to be in John 8, 44. Jesus said, you, to the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. How's your thought life? Is it more like Philippians 4.8? Or have you been buying into, thinking about, dwelling on, fixating on the lies that Satan would tell you? Are your thoughts mostly scripture-shaped or mostly based on lies? That's the question the man in the pulpit needs to ask. And as I preach this morning, that's the question each of you need to ponder, need to mull over, need to deal with. The question again, are my thoughts mostly scripture-shaped or are they according to my enemy, the devil's lies? I'm looking at one verse with you basically this morning. It is 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, which reads, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That's our text. Every text has a context, and if you preach a text without a context, you have a pretext. So what is the preceding context? context? What do the verses leading up to verse 5 talk about? Well, they talk about spiritual warfare. They talk about the reality that every Christ follower is at war. You are not on a cruise ship on your spiritual life. You are on a battleship on your spiritual life. All of us are in a spiritual war. And a lot of that battle goes on in our heads, in our thoughts. 
And so the verses that lead up to verse 5, our key verse for this morning, verses 3 and 4, deal with the reality, the assumed reality of spiritual warfare. I'm going to read verses 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. That's the verses that lead up to verse 5. Fortresses are mentioned. These cardboard walls behind me as I preach are representative of some of the fortresses that can be in our minds as Christians. Fortresses. Verse 4 again. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. You know, fortresses can have an appealing diction about them, But these are not good fortresses. These are bad ones. These are not helpful fortresses. These are hurtful fortresses. These are not protections from God, but prisons. Prisons. Prisons from Satan. That's what these things are. What about the context after Verse 5. What does it go on to talk about after verse 5? Verse 6, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. So disobedience is the thought after our key verse 5. In the larger context, what comes after 2 Corinthians 10.5 has to do with Paul's apostolic authority. Now, let's go back to verse 5. And I want to show you three distinct things which combine together to establish the fortresses that can be in our thinking. Three things in the text. Speculations. Every lofty thing which is raised up against the knowledge of God. Every, and I will say, incorrect thought. These three combine to make fortresses. Those three combine to make fortresses. Speculations, lofty things raised up against the knowledge of God, and every incorrect thought combine to make fortresses. Let me say it. If you have any harmful or hurtful fortresses in your life this morning, it's because one, two, or three of the following things from verse 5 are there. One, non-biblical speculations. Two, anything which blocks or twists your knowledge of God. Three, all incorrect thoughts. You know, Satan wants to imprison you He wants to cripple you. He wants to destroy your testimony. But really what he wants, his ultimate desire, what Satan really wants is to kill you. He's a murderer. Jesus said he's a murderer. He wants you dead. And where he starts is not with the head-on collision on JFK. He starts with these fortresses. That's where he starts to murder people. And that's why God, in his omnipotence, God, in his superior power to Satan, must be cooperated with by the Christian to see these fortresses torn down. And so, 
<laughs> Very quickly, we need to look at three things. We need to look at non-biblical speculations. We need to look at anything which blocks or twists your knowledge of God. And we need to look at incorrect thoughts. I'm going to go as fast as I can. First, let's consider non-biblical speculations. I see it at the beginning of verse 5. See it with me. We are destroying speculations. What are speculations? Speculations are godless thoughts, godless self-talk, godless schemes, godless reasonings, godless philosophies. Non-biblical speculations are false religions, conclusions which are not God's conclusions, observations which are solely based on what we can see. What are non-biblical speculations? I go on. The, the talk in your head, I'm no good, or on the other end of it, I'm better than everyone else. Or the thought, of course I should worry. Or my identity is based in what I accomplish or what I possess. I've fallen out of love with her or him. He or she is no longer my soulmate. There's no hope for me. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too tall. I'm too short. Reality is too painful. It's all about me. God is not real. God is not relevant. Google is infallible. The Bible is just a fallible book. There's no heaven. There's no hell. Money brings happiness. It's just tissue. It's not a baby. I'll drown or I'll drug my sorrows away. To be specific is not to believe, scientific is not to believe the Bible. All this is all there is. I must control everything. I'll change my husband. No point praying. Every man for himself. Only what's seen is real. There is nothing miraculous. There's no Satan. There's no demons. Evil is subjective. My evil is not maybe your evil. Truth is just one's opinion and experience. My truth may not be your truth. Cheating on my wife is fine. Everybody does it. Christianity, it's a Sunday-only thing. It's a portion. It's a little container of my life, Christianity. We need to live together before we get married. Many roads lead to God. You just have to be sincere. Government can give me all that I need. Any of you believe that, you're nuts. <laughs> the meaning of life is simply not knowable. The meaning of life, if it is knowable, has nothing to do with God's book. Only weak people believe in God. Leave me alone. I don't need people. People won't get anything from me. I am the best ruler of my life. Thank you very much. I can go it alone without God, etc. These are examples, church, of non-biblical speculations. And non-biblical speculations are part of the cardboard wall, the fortresses of the lies that we can think about. 
and dwell on. Well, let's move from non-biblical speculations to anything which blocks or twists the knowledge of God. Anything which blocks or twists the knowledge of God. Verse 5, we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. What are things that block or twist one's knowledge of God? Well, there are several, of course, and this is not an exhaustive list. Ignoring the Bible, denying the Bible, neglecting the Bible, disobeying the Bible, pride, selfishness, most of TV, most of Facebook, most of YouTube, anger, unforgiveness, bitterness, hypocrisy, isolation, no accountability, idols, secret sin, open sin, pornography, prayerlessness, playing God, demanding that God answer all of your questions, believing that it's all about you, believing that God owes you something, spiritual laziness. These are some of the things which block and twist one's knowledge of God not living controlled by the Holy Spirit, doubt, worry, self-serving, materialism, believing the self-assertion, stinking thinking, looking for the big answers without acknowledging God, greed, using people and loving things, denying the reality of the unseen, thinking too highly or too lowly of oneself, wrong beliefs, Believing lies, rejecting Christ as personal Savior. And if you're saved, taking Christ off of the throne of your redeemed life. These are some of the things which block or twist our knowledge of God. And it is these kind of knowledge of God blocking and twisting things which are part of the cardboard wall that makes up the fortresses of our thinking, the fortresses of our minds, the fortresses of our thoughts. Well, there's a third thing that combines that with non-biblical speculations and with anything which blocks or twists the knowledge of God, the third thing is all incorrect thoughts. You say, how do I know if a thought is incorrect? Basically, all incorrect thoughts are lies, which come either from Satan or oneself. We lie to ourselves. Satan lies to us. And basically, all incorrect thoughts are lies. Perhaps the most simple way to define these incorrect or unhelpful thoughts is to say that they are thoughts which are not lined up to obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. If I have a thought that does not align with being obedient to the commands of Jesus Christ, then it's a wrong, incorrect, harmful, unhelpful thought. That's what we need to see at the end of verse 5. 
We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Watch it. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Correct thoughts are confined and shaped and subservient to Jesus. Correct thoughts are obedient thoughts. Correct thoughts are always aligned with the word made uh, inscripturated, the Bible, and correct thoughts are always lined up with the word incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ. Correct thoughts always line up with the word of God and with the person of Christ. That's what correct thoughts are. They're always obedient thoughts. Correct thoughts are sourced in God. Correct thoughts are honoring to God. And you always, always, always can thank God for a correct thought. Now watch this. That means that any thought which is not confined, shaped, and subservient to Jesus Christ is incorrect and unhelpful. Every thought which is not obedient to Jesus is incorrect and unhelpful. Every thought which is not in alignment to Jesus Christ and to the word of God, the Bible, is incorrect and unhelpful. Correct thoughts are sourced in God. Correct thoughts are honoring to God. Correct thoughts are thoughts for which you can thank God. How's your thinking? Typically, how's your thinking? Correct thoughts or incorrect thoughts? If typically your thoughts are incorrect, then you are building the cardboard wall of these fortresses. And as you think, so you are. Always. Okay, you say, okay, Pastor Elliot, I'm listening to the Word of God as you teach it, and I'm recognizing, you know, frankly, honestly, I'm recognizing that I've been believing some lies, I've been having some stinking thinking, and I probably have some fortresses in my mind, which means I have fortresses in my lifestyle. What's the fix? Is there a remedy? Is there any cure? Yes, there is, thank God. And here's the cure, here's the fix, here's the remedy. Working to make all of your thoughts captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. Working, it's hard work, to make all of your thoughts captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is mental flossing. Not dental flossing. This is mental flossing. To work, to make every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. How do you do that? Say, okay, I've got these fortresses. I don't want to have them in my mind or my life. I understand that I'm to try to work to make all of my thoughts captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. How do I do that? How do I mentally floss? Four ways. You ready? If you haven't taken a note yet, take notes now. Four ways. 
to work to make all of your thoughts captive to Christ. First of all, constantly. Will you see in verse 5, for we are destroying. It doesn't say we once destroyed and now we're done on that. We are, present tense, we are destroying speculations, etc. We can't say, I destroyed once for all. It's continuous action. It's repeated action. It's habitual action. You know, I have had my experience with vegetable gardens, and now you got weeds, and you got to weed repeatedly. You got to weed constantly, because if you don't, they'll take over. So it is with thoughts. You got to weed constantly. Second, we have to bring our thoughts into the captivity of Jesus Christ by biblically doing it by biblically doing it. We desperately need the correct knowledge of God in order to do that. You know in the passage on the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, all of the armor of God is frontal, so we'll hold our ground against the the attacks of the enemy. All of it is frontal. The only offensive weapon in Ephesians 6, the armor of God, verse 17, is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. And the sword there, the Greek word is a dagger for close, hand-to-hand, in tight, street fighting. The only offensive weapon in the armor of God passage is the Bible. And so if we are going to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we have to do it biblically. We have to do it biblically. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Our feelings don't give us the correct knowledge of God. Our opinions don't give us the correct knowledge of God. Our friends' bright ideas not found in the Bible don't give us the correct knowledge of God. Oprah and Dr. Phil and Rob Bell don't give us the correct knowledge of God. False religions and false prophets and false cults don't give us the correct knowledge of God. False Bible teachers who take the scriptures out of context and misinterpret those scriptures don't give us the correct knowledge of God. Only God the Holy Spirit illuminating the word of God which he wrote can give us the correct knowledge of God. In the power and in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, are you regularly reading the Bible? It's dental floss for the mind. It's mental floss. All scripture is inspired, according to 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Here it is. Teaching says, here's the right path. Reproof says, hey, you're off the right path. Correction says, here's how to get back on the right path. And training in righteousness says, here's how to stay on the right path. That's what the Bible provides for you if you'll read it. We're seeing there are four ways to bring our thoughts captive to Christ. We are to do that constantly. We are to do that biblically. Number three, we are to do that obediently. Remember, it says in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel 15, to obey is better than sacrifice. And then in John 15, the Lord Jesus said that we are to abide in him in verse 4. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What does it mean to abide? That's a key word. If that's what's going to make us fruitful, 
we need to know what it means to abide. Well, best way to interpret Scripture is with Scripture. And if you go down in John 15 from verse 4 to verse 10, Jesus defines what it means to abide. In verse 10, he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Oh, to abide is to obey. If you disobey something you know in the Bible, you can't say I'm abiding in Christ. But if you're abiding in Christ, you're obeying the commands of Scripture. It's that simple. And this cardboard wall here is made up of speculations and knowledge of God being blocked and twisted and incorrect thoughts. And so when we come to this, we are destroying speculations. We are knocking them down with God's word. We're knocking them down. Thank you. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Some people think that the only Christians who need the Christian Counseling Center are Christians that don't have it all together. Do you know what? Starting with the man in the pulpit and extending to everybody in the sound of my voice, we, none of us have it all together. The only person that has it all together is the person you don't know anything about yet. We all have problems. We all have needs for the scriptures to speak truth into our living. I'd encourage you. I'd encourage you to make an appointment with Sister Helen or Pastor Frederick and accept the mental floss for mental hygiene. Lord, we thank you for your word. We would desire to see you and your power with our cooperation tear down the fortresses of our minds, Lord Jesus, so that we would bring every thought captive in obedience to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, as Jesus' church. Amen.